Recovery is stupendous. Achievable. Hope. Freedom. 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 Empowering. It's unique to everyone. It's a journey, not a destination. Getting a new lease on life. Finding restoration after you fall down. Recovery is having the freedom to enjoy life. For me, it was finding a way to really love myself. My recovery is possible in part because of my own sense of purpose. Hello, welcome to Montana's Peer Network Recovery Talks podcast. I'm Jim Haney, Executive Director. And I'm Leah Wetzel, uh, Montana's Peer Network's Recovery Coach. And we are here today with some very amazing individuals from the Heart and Hope Center, Drop-In Center. And would you like to introduce yourselves? Good morning. I'm Rowanna Gitzdown often, 46-year-old Crow Tribal member, permanent resident of Hardin, Montana, manager of the Hope Drop-In Center, and peer support specialist. And with me, my partner is... Good morning. My name is uh, Robert Hedazit, uh, also known as Sarji. Um, I grew up in Lotchgrass, moved to Hardin, where I work now as a peer support specialist. Been in recovery for 12 years, been drinking for 28, so have experience on both sides. That's great. Welcome. Yeah, welcome, and thanks so much for taking the time today. We're excited to hear about uh, your drop-in center. And I just want to acknowledge that I'm very honored to have you folks on here, and I'm very honored to know you both personally now through my journey of working with Montana's Peer Network through our contract with the with the drop-in centers. And so I couldn't wait to get you guys on here. Me and Jim couldn't wait. And so let's get to it. First question is, I know through some of your trainings and through your own journey, you know the importance of individualizing and humanizing somebody. Um, how is your approach to the individuals that come in your drop-in center? Well, for me, I was a meth addict for 30 years. I was a meth dealer. Um, and that goes along with, you know, all the other bad stuff for 26 years um, in this in this community, Bighorn County, as well as surrounding areas. So 30 years is a long time. And by the end of the last um, probably 10 years of my addiction, um, I had completely given up like most people that are in bondage today, probably, you know, long-term use probably are. Um, I had, I gave up completely my kids, you know, I started over, I don't know how many times. And I saw absolutely, I had absolutely no worth or hope within myself, like many probably do. But there was one individual, my mother, or after long periods of time of where she, you know, condemned me, got after me, told me how much I was a disappointment, I how much I had hurt her. But, you know, after a while, she began to just love me for who I was, um, accept, accepted me for who I was. And um, she, I don't know if somebody 
instructed her to try unconditional love or how she came about, you know, using that approach on me. But she, instead of condemning me after a while, she would just, she would find me on the street and she would say, you know, it's so good to see you. You know, you're, you're, you don't belong here. You'll be done soon. You're very important. You know, we need you. Um, we miss you. Do you need anything? And she would leave. And the more she did that, the more, you know, she put, she planted that seed of, of worth and hope and, and um, just being needed. And, and, and so that's, and for someone that completely gave up, like, I believed with all my heart, my kids wouldn't have a chance in life with me in theirs. And I loved, I loved making money. I loved the being a shot caller and assigning seats and the whole thing. And I, I didn't want to recover, but it was that seed she planted, that acceptance and acknowledgement of just being, you know, uh, a person still, rather than this, you know, person of bondage and, and you know, leaving behind my kids and responsibilities. And that there was how I began to feel some want, you know, like I said, some need. And it just grew. It grew bigger and bigger each time she came and saw me and loved me up and left. And till, till one day, I mean, I was just done. I was just so overwhelmed with lonesomeness, um, that, that feeling of, being needed and still not being there like she said it just grew grew until one day I just I was walking through the middle of town and I said Lord stop me and that evening I went to jail with enough meth to send me away for seven years that um they kept me there for um over six months trying to get somebody to um to stand get on the stand to to witness against testify against me so they could send me away because they had so many people tell, turning me in as their meth dealer, but it didn't happen. And then, so that's the same approach I use on everybody I come across. You know, I tell them they're needed, they're loved, they're important, they're, um, they don't belong there, and they'll be done soon. You know, you're allowed to slip, you know, you'll come back. And so, and um, yeah, you know, and it's going to grow that seed I plant in there, you know, that's I planted it in somebody's child and somebody's mother or father or sister and brother and, you know, so and there's, they, we all belong to creator, you know, we are there is a higher being that um, is in control and has power over you know, who created us. So he is going to continue to bring people in their surrounding that's going to water that seed. You know, so we just, that's how I approach them as somebody's mother, somebody's child, somebody's, you know, some, that they're needed and they're important. And, and um, I approach them as, as I would try to look at them as, I do look at them through, as God would see them, as my mom would have saw me. So, yep. And, and so I just, just love them back because love and patience always wins. So, you know, and I'm proof of it. So that's exactly how I approach 
everyone that comes through here like they're needed they belong here and um that they're uh, equipped and capable of everything more than i've ever accomplished thank you yeah thank you that's uh that's a great that's a great approach and that really um i mean that that is peer support i mean you're using the same thing that was used for on you you know with you and that's that's really great i'm curious robert how about for you what i've been through these guys that walk around in town i walked the same streets before we had an older group a few years ago that most of them passed on there's only one left of that group and my dad was in that group so i had the chance of meeting them and hanging out with them and also had a chance walking around with these younger guys that are out here today. At the time, I lost all hope in my higher power. Or, you know, I didn't, why, why is he doing this to me? Why am I going through this? What did I ever do? You know, those kind of thoughts were going through my head. Just like I, I believe that these guys are the higher powers that bottle. You know, we all lose sight of our higher power. And that's the main thing that's gonna get us back on track. So, one day I was walking down Main Street over here in front of the uh, movie house. And I was looking around and I seen some pickups drive by nice looking pickups, you know, that were, you know, fancy. And, and I, I was thinking to myself, one day I'm going to have one of those. I'm going to have a family and I'm going to not drink. You know, that was just a dream. And then I told myself, oh, I'll never have that, you know, and I forgot about it. And I just kept going throughout my day, throughout my career of drinking. So now, when these guys come in, I want them, you know, to feel welcomed, no matter where they come from, who they are, which family they belong to, which church they go to, if they go to church, if they go to the sweat, sundance. Because in my life, I felt the Holy Spirit as I was praising God. And also when I was standing in those starting gates in the sundance, I felt that same presence. And both times it made me cry. It, it had me, you know, that pure joy within my heart of knowing that I'm alive and that my prayers are heard. I heard that on both sides. And growing up, when my mom was a Pentecost and my dad was a, a Native American church, I, I, I heard it on both sides of who was good, who was bad, you know, they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that. And also in my life, I experienced it personally with while going to church. They wanted me to cut my hair. And when I went to a Sundance, I had a Jesus shirt on. And they said, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> you know? And it made me, it, it got me mad. And it felt like I didn't belong, you know? And I was in the wrong place. And then they were starting to get to my head where, where I, you know, I, I, I decided not to, you know, let them do that to me. Let them get in my head. So that's why when they come in, I want them just to meet them where they're at in life. You know, I ain't gonna judge nobody because I didn't like it. I didn't, I, I ain't gonna say, no, you change your shoes, you mean, no, they come right in. Just the other day, one came in in the morning and he said, man, you know what? I come over here because you guys love. And that was so awesome, man. You know, just to hear him say it, he was having a hard time and hear him coming in here saying that I come here to get the support. I know you guys love me and, and made him feel good. And he was smiling, he was crying on the way. 
and he smiled on the way out. And, and the other day, one guy said I was walking across the street and I saw this pickup. And one day I told myself, I'm gonna drive that pickup. He said, he said, hey, I said, I had that before. Look at where I'm at today. I said, you can do it. So you know where we've been, we have those, you know, those same feelings, those same hurts, those same loneliness. We, we need to find our God and that's what we wanna push. We have our uh, good songs when they come in. We all, you know, welcome them in, we give them coffee. And we use our own experiences to what we wanted to feel like at that time. So, yes, that's great. Yep, that's that's great. That's great. Um, so, if I was, uh, I mean, this program sounds good, and we're going to get into the the specifics. Where tell everybody where you're located at? We are located in Bighorn County. Um, southeast of Montana, near the Wyoming border, um, Hardin, Montana, right in the center of Hardin, right where they can find us. I mean, we're kind of in an alley, but, you know, it took a minute for them to find us, but they found us and we're growing by the day. And yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. And it's free, right? People can just come in. The program is free. Everything is free. Yep. Yes, from like Sarge said, the moment they walk in, you know, we greet them with, with a smile, a hug. You know, it doesn't matter how they, you know, how they're, if they have poor hygiene or, you know, if, if they just woke up from the alley or whatever, you know, we give them that hug that they deserve and, and, followed by something warm and you know something to eat a prayer like he said they literally come in in tears and they leave with a smile so that's great that's great so tell us uh share with us the kinds of things that you know if we came there to the drop-in center what what kind of programs or groups or you know what what might we find there in your program so we have a set schedule although if somebody were to come in right now and you know we'll just meet them where they're at what they need at any time by me well if we're not in the middle of already uh sitting in front of somebody you know we'll we'll jump right on to whatever they might need and other otherwise the uh, every monday from 12 to 1, we have an AA meeting, um, a talking circle. And then once a month on same Monday from 1 to 2, we have the community advisory meeting, which that is consists of the, the members that come in. Um, and then we'll ask them what they need, uh, how we can improve, improve uh, what how they would want to see. Um, what what they what they want more out of the hope center and um the rules you know rules how they would want a group run you know how they would and, and like they police each other and they you know they make the rules here can uh holidays they do the decorating here you know and so they all contribute you know they come they come in and say well, what do you need done 
you know, I'll get, I'll get all the trash, you know, and, and I'll clean the bathroom before I leave, you know, and, and they just, you know, they, they're in, they belong here. So they take care of it. They take care of each other. There's a few that um, come in here kind of uncontrolled, you know, they're unable to control themselves. So they, they watch out for each other, you know, but on Tuesdays we have, uh, Tuesdays is kind of um, my day, the women's day. So every Tuesday consists of um, parenting for women, women's support group, women's talking circle, we go for a walk and talk, women's recovery fitness in the evening, and then also um, the elderly members in the community, we have a sit and fit at the, at the church, at their church, so you know, the older ladies sit there on the church on the chair so you know it's not too strenuous you know so they really enjoy that you know christian music christian workout music and you know just it, it's really fun to watch them really get in the one the one older lady i was really being fragile and taking care of her you know and she says can we do some zumba you know and I'm like what? <laughs> That, that was awesome but they are adorable and so you know we are everyone every type of individual you can think of um we have and, it, and it's pretty awesome we provide anything from diapers to to diapers to the elderly you know so and everything in between so mondays we have the aa talking circle community advisory meeting every monday three to four we have narcan training so each, every, other entities in the in the um area schools other recovery centers uh, the jail um there's a youth board meeting you know we want to narcan train as many people as we can you know some of the um people the, our homies that are, you know, on the on the street, you know, we want an Nar Narcan train all of them. We're working on a Narcan sticker that we can put um, in the windows, the cars, or the house windows, or you know, just we want it to be. Um, we want it to indicate, you know, this is where Narcan's available. This person has has Narcan in their car or or whatever. So we're, we're working on a universal um, sticker that we can pass around. Anybody that's got the Narcan training can carry it. And because right, you know, right this minute and from years past, you ask anybody on the street, you know, where can you get Narcan? Everybody's going to be clueless, you know, hospital, you know. So we're, we're working on that. Um, Awesome. And then five to six is the um, NA meetings, Narcan, Nar Narcan uh, and she is one of uh, the one that runs that is um, we're yet to get started, and uh, but that's on the schedule, and she is one of my favorite success stories. She was a, um, she was in bondage of meth for many years. She lost trust with her family, with the community, and um, once she got off to treatment, sober living um she's now going to return home this week i just got off the phone with her and so um she's going to be running the narcan i mean the the narcotics anonymous meetings so you know she's a success story in this community she's proof you know that recovery that life is attainable so she's going to be running that every tuesdays is the motherhood of sacred parenting like i said tuesdays is all women 
um, I mean, of course, anybody that comes in, men, men, you know, older folks, whatever, you know, the men, Sarge and Wes are always here to grab them. Wednesdays, um, every other Wednesday, probation and parole no longer has a space in this county to see their, to meet their, uh, their clients. So we offer them the conference room where they come and meet their, but that gives us a chance to offer them parenting, AA talking circle. And so they come back, they come back. Now they know where to keep on that track, you know, on that right road. So we grab all of them and, um, and, you know, we welcome them in. And so, yeah. And That's then, um, yeah. And then uh, after they come and go or otherwise on Wednesdays, it's the, it's like the men's day, men's parenting, um, couples parenting. Um, and then in the afternoon, we do a community walk. So we all, the people in the community, we all meet up at the, uh, at a central station here in town and then we just we just walk and talk throughout the community and just you know the people that uh, wander around on the street like to join us or you know different it, we and when we hold it during lunch so the different people in different departments or stores you know during their lunch break they'll jump on and you know we go for just just a community walk throughout the town Hi. and then Thursdays is um, uh, wisdom of trauma trauma and healing so our topic on Wednesdays is, is trauma and um, Sarge runs that. And, um, and uh, yeah, it's really, emo it's, a, it's an emotional day, you know, we get a lot of, yeah, but it's, it's working and you can see the progress, you know, after, you know, tears are healing. So, and then Fridays as um, the basic life skills um, youth board meeting that Wesley runs and he's got a group of um, uh, from adolescents to young adults that come over. Um, they're building a skateboard park in the area. So they have a say in where it went, how it's gonna be done, how they can peer support right there. Like, you know, support each other, be the best influence for one another for the younger generation in the area. There is a mechanic here in town that has a shop. He's uh, faith-based, he runs a set free men's bible study and stuff he's got a garage we are working on getting a group of young boys uh, like he'll show them basic oil changes you know um just how to change the brakes and stuff you know and then i have a carpenter that runs his business that is uh away at a project right now but in the spring or when he comes back he's uh want he's willing to take one, you know, one individual, you know, through, but he had have to have them insured and stuff like that. But um, he wants to show him, you know, carpentry. So he'll give carpentry skills to one young, one young man, you know, nice. at a time or however he does, you know, whatever his project needs. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's that. And then um, mm -hmm. again, every day, mm -hmm. pretty much every day, um, we have, you know, if somebody needs to a one-on-one, -on -one, just, you know, sometimes we get better results or we were able to think better just walking, you know. So somebody, uh, we have a space open on Fridays from two to three for a, mm -hmm. a fitness class or else to walk, you know. We'll take them for a walk depending on the weather and they just, you know, have that privacy and, and you know, is able to be mm -hmm. vulnerable, you know, and just so we have that too, so.
Yep. So whatever an individual needs, we're just ready to take on or help them walk them through whatever they need at any time. Great. That's great. And then you also have Goldstein doing the Phoenix. Yeah, the Phoenix. Goldstein is doing the Phoenix Recovery Fitness. Mm. He has a boot camp every Monday as well. Um, uh, so there's it's pretty intense. He's got a pretty awesome group over there. Uh, a lot of um, yeah, it, it's really it's amazing that. And then in the in the area he's at, he's got a, a one hour recovery walk and talk as well. I think every day. But um, he's just a testimony within himself because he was no different than we were. He was in really deep bondage and just, you know, really um, significant member of like where you can, where the, he was, he was the party in his community too, you know? So, yeah. So he's got the community's trust and we don't have to, the best, the, the best part about being right. peer support and Part of the hope center in our area is we don't have to explain where we came from or where yeah our story we our reputation and where we come we all know each other you know so like um we had mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like some men are you know if sarge is not here you know I'll, I'll just come back later you know like that that trust is there you know like because they know mm-hmm. they know he knows you know and, and some, some, and I've heard and know, you know, I'll, I'll wait till Rowan's here, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, they're just, they, they yeah. know their specific needs and, and what they're going through their struggles, you know, they know exactly, they know, we know, so. Nice, nice. So also one thing I wanted to add was the, during noon from 12 to 1, we have a lunch and learn during the groups. And we feed our uh, the ones that come in, our, our wandering warriors, we call them. We don't talk, call them uh, street chiefs no more. We call them wandering warriors, our homies. <laughs> but when they come in and we have a, we have a menu for each day. Mm-hmm. We have a, a snack tray. They come early. We take that snack tray outside. They grab something. Then they'll go and come back. Or if they just want to sit and mm-hmm. watch videos, mm-hmm. you know, we we had to throw because they say what you put into your body, that's what comes out. And we want to throw yeah. everything we can that's going to help them in life into them, you know. So yeah, that's what we have. Yeah. Uh, the the I think the trauma is a big thing. Yeah, so that's where we like to, you know, get to them. Like in in, our, in the groups on Thursday, we talk about the inner child, you know, the irrational beliefs, rational beliefs, core beliefs, ABC process, and the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that helped me when I was in pre-release, you know. Mm-hmm. Those mm-hmm. are the things that helped me mm-hmm. work on the things that I've been through. Yeah. So that's when I like to uh, focus on that group there. That's great. That's great. Definitely. Yes. We also have these computers next door where they can come in and make a resume. They can apply online for jobs. Um, they can look up information, you know, you know, all kinds of stuff that we have here. Mm-hmm. We also have clothes that we uh, can give away. Also, if they volunteer, we give them a, a, maybe a coupon or something where they can purchase new clothes here at our store <clears throat> and that gives them you know makes them feel better right so if they volunteer here we can you know uh 
what would you call that? Doing recommendation for them if they're ever looking for a job. Right, right, right. And that's something they need because, you know, when we were out there, we never held on to a job or we needed, you know, right. someone to, you know, talk for us. So that's one thing that we really kind of push for them to do. And we have a couple that come all the time and they buy clothes here and they volunteer. We had a site visit one day and they came in and, oh gosh, those, those two did a great job. They stayed sober, they cooked, they cleaned, they ironed clothes, you know, and you can yeah. tell, you know, it's, 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 it's working. That's great. It's dropping centers. Because I was working in Crow, I was working in Crow at the, uh, in Crow, and I would, I would be, was able to talk to them, but most of my time was paperwork. Oh. But here, I mean, they have to do paperwork. Yeah. Here, I can sit with them and talk with them and bring them in and walk outside with them and right. cry, you know, and all this stuff. So right. it's, it's, this dropping center is awesome here. I'm glad they had it. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's that. That's what I think makes a drop-in center so special is that it removes a lot of those barriers that sort of a traditional system puts up, which is you got to fill out all this paperwork and you got to get them in the system and we got to, and we sort of forget it's a person in front of you sitting there that needs help. And we're so busy, we're so busy checking the boxes, right? That we're not actually taking the time to go for a walk or hear their story or cry with them or, right? And we sort of miss that. And so that's, that's, um, that's what I, I love about drop-in centers because you get to do those things. Yep. Along with the walk, the community walks, you know, like I said, the the different de peoples in the department that's on their lunch break or whatever walk with us. And then there's the, the homies or the wandering warriors that walk with us that helps them see them as an individual. They start that relationship that, um, you know, they can just walk beside them and, and, and now they get a different view, a different sense of, you know, like that stigma and, and those things are, those walls are kind of broken down with each one, you know, and then they, they see, they greet each other now on the street, you know, like these, these people, these office, these working um, class people, you know, they now, there's a few now that they, you know, they'll acknowledge each other on the street and they'll come in and tell us, you know, hey, they, they waved at me, you know, or, and then when they slip or they fall, they come in here and they just, they just feel, they feel really bad, you know, like, man, I slipped, I'm so sorry, you know, like they have, they, they're important, you know, and they know it and they, they just feel, they just have to come in and they feel like they have to come and explain themselves to us, you know, which they don't have to, but we, we, we walk them through it. We'll pray, you know, we just help them get back up. That's great. And just when you were explaining how the community, uh, you know, business owners and the wandering warriors, you know, them being able to look at them as human beings is so important for their own journey too. You know, you guys are giving these folks purpose. You're doing trauma-informed care, suicide prevention, and cultural humility all in one. And I just really think that's a beautiful thing. And you're helping them stay sustainably in their recovery if they choose to do so. 
I know last time I was there, your number of sending folks out to treatment was was getting up there as well. Yeah, our one of the our favorite ones, or my favorite ones, is this couple. They had absolutely nothing. We helped them from getting, um, and they were displaced because of the trust. They had no trust with their families, but they had a newborn, so they had every reason to 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 work on their recovery. He was staying in Lame Deer. She was staying here with family, and neither one, neither each side, you know, didn't want them to be together, and they didn't trust them. But so we started them with absolutely nothing. We helped them from diapers. It was really cold. A church helped them with a room for a few nights while we worked on the paperwork. They went to church with us while they met us there. The baby clothes, their clothes. They came to the lunch and learns. You know, they had their daily meals here. And then uh, we got them off to a one-year family treatment where they are now. And I'm just, oh my gosh, it's just amazing to see, you know, at the, before they left there, they were finally allowed to stay together because of the efforts and the hard work that they put into themselves, you know, just being, just staying connected with the Hope Center and going to church and the steps they took, you know, like, yeah, they're, they, they gained back some of the trust they had lost they were allowed to stay together and uh, we picked them up at the same residence they were at when um, you know it was off the clock we did it out of you know because they had nobody we took them to the bus and got them off to the one-year treatment and there they are today and they were so grateful and you know like oh my gosh there's at least five individuals out there in treatment right now we have so many applications filled out they're ready to they're ready to go whenever they're ready you know there's little things there's a one individual who um stayed on the street because he didn't want to miss his eval and physical at the at the clinic here that we helped him set up he had to get his medicaid going and um he had he, he lived all the way in large grass and so you know, those efforts that, that they invest in themselves and they don't go unnoticed there. He's away at one year treatment, you know, and he's been on the street for years, like years. And he came here once. One day he was hungry. Another wandering warrior brought him here. And, you know, he the love and acceptance he felt here kept him. He came back every day. And then before he knew it, like he's off at a one-year treatment, you know. So that's great. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's he was Isn't one of the most. Um, people didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. His family didn't believe him. Like nobody even gave him a second chance, or you know, they. Yeah, he. But but we we did. We believed in. We believed in him, and uh, we just stood beside him. And he did all the work himself, and. Off he went. All we had to do was believe in him and tell him so. And yeah. And there's magic in that. There's magic in us because in us believing in them because we know how that is. We've been that person uh, that everybody gave up on. Okay, so within any organization to stay sustainable, there's uh, purpose within needing 
you know, funding avenues. For you individually, your drop-in center, um, how do you guys collect your data? Well, I have this, um, this Excel sheet that has num uh, spaces for clients and then a box for every day of the month. And so we have a table of um, the initials TR is trauma, um, V is for verbal support, you know, E is for education when they come to class, um, S is for SOAR, you know, the, you see is for community collaboration where if we do referrals or somebody referred them here. So, you know, um, let me just show you. I'll send one to you too. I meant to send this is how I collect my everyday data. And then, so, um, and then how many times they came throughout the month, you know? And so, yeah, that's how I collect my data. And then at the end of the, at the month, you know, I'll gather it together in, in a different spreadsheet to, to put all the numbers together of, of how many traumas in that month and how many individuals got referred and how many trauma and healings and how many treatments. So yeah, that's how I'm doing my quarterly report. So if somebody was somebody or an organization or whoever would like to donate to your drop-in center, how would they do so? They would just don't, we don't have um, our own like bank set up or anything like that. So they, we've had a few donations where they just send it to the Hope Drop-In Center, One Health Hope Drop-In Center. And then the administrative assistant, Nola, she's really awesome. She takes care of all that stuff. So she, you know, she handles that. Okay, great. And so um, you also have a very unique um, way for folks to see your story. Each of you have a YouTube video. Um, we do. It's on a we video platform where they taught us in training how to put together the videos. We tell our story and then we can add uh, pictures and, um, and anything you wanna put in their music. You know, it's pretty awesome. So with that, um, we're helping other success stories throughout our community. And then they put it on a scan, a barcode, and we have a digital, recovery library where they're all on the wall and all you do is to use take a picture of this barcode and you can hear everybody's story so the, there's lots of other individuals in the community that um, were ready to help make their story so that you know anybody coming in can see that they're not alone that's great so they just take their phone and do the qr code so i just want to thank you both again so much for being here and making time for us and uh, for doing what you're doing. Yeah, because of seeing what you're doing, it gave me hope 
that, you know, maybe we can get, get the word out to other reservations that this is a very good idea. The model of what you guys are doing is a very good idea. You guys are healing, not only continuously healing yourselves, but your community as a whole. And so I just want to, um, you know, co commend you guys for doing that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for having us. You know, we are proof and everybody's got that proof one individual or many individuals that life is attainable, you know, and by, by including us in this awesome journey that gosh, like, yeah, it, it's healing for ourselves, for our families. Yes. For this community. So, you know, yeah. thank you. It's great, great work. Keep it up both of you. And, uh, <clears throat> and again, yeah, thank you for taking the time for the podcast. So, and we'll we'll definitely have to do one again down the road. Awesome. Like an like an update, like an update one. Yes, looking forward to it. All right. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another Recovery Talks podcast. Uh, each week we release another podcast, different topics that Leah and I are uh, working on or we find interesting. And this one is uh, obviously on drop-in centers, and we're gonna slowly work our way through all the drop-in centers across Montana, so. That's right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have yeah. a great day. God bless you. Thank you. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works, recovery is possible. Recovery is possible. <laughs> recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery works and recovery is possible. Recovery is possible.